Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. Zach Kelberman. Zach, Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys, former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, has gone ahead and uh, withdrawn his name from consideration for one NFL head coaching job. And rumor has it, I'll let you expound on this because you had the story. Rumor has it it's because he has his eyes set on one or two job potential openings. What's the word? Well, honestly, also, he's a, a really big fish in a smaller pond in Dallas right now. And what he's doing with that defense is remarkable. They lead the NFL in takeaways, something I wish Vic Fangio would do in Denver. Micah Parsons, his development, Trevon Diggs, his development, what he's done with the past. I mean, it's incredible what Dan Quinn has done. His players love him. So he's a, a, a popular candidate right now. But he even told local media, he goes, I'm happy being right here right now and seemingly more consumed with the Cowboys' impending playoff push than focusing on outside opportunities. So it came up yesterday. Schefter reported from ESPN that the Jaguars put in requests with Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore, among like 10 other candidates as well. A day later, it comes out that Quinn won't interview for the job. But interestingly, I read a Cowboys reporter who reported uh, that at this time and right now, he used that phrasing, which seems to me that maybe when the Cowboys season's over, Quinn would be more open to interviewing, more open to opportunities. But for right now, it doesn't really matter because the Broncos have Fangio on payroll anyway for the time being. But right now, Quinn's not focused on that. Jaguars are out of the mix for him. They still have their eyes set on Kellen Moore, Nathaniel Hackett, Doug Peterson, a lot of the other candidates the Broncos could look toward as well. And that's the downside to not firing Fangio, getting a jump start on the coaching search is you might lose your preferred candidate before the cycle really starts. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find 
find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Muhammad, we love you too, bro. Thank you for that super chat. You the man. Um, seriously, appreciate all, all that you do for us, big dog. You know, if I'm a prospective head coach and I have the opportunity to interview for the Jaguars job, I'm definitely not turning that down. I want to hear what's what, because if you don't have a franchise quarterback, you're kind of cooked as a head coach. And I understand the jury's still out on whether or not Trevor Lawrence, Zach, ultimately shapes up to be a bona fide NFL franchise guy. But this time last year, there wasn't one person under the sun that believed he wasn't going to be that. So maybe Kellen Moore will surprise some people and be interested in hearing out what, uh, what's his name, Shad Khan has to yeah. say. But it might not, as you say, be until the uh, playoffs or whenever, whenever they exit this season. But uh, yeah, that's that's very interesting. Dan Quinn to me as a as a candidate in Denver, I don't love it in any way, shape, or form unless he could somehow bring Kellen Moore with him. But why would he? Kellen Moore is going to be getting head coach opportunities. Yeah, I think you're a hundred percent right. The more logical fit for Jacksonville is not Dan Quinn, but Kellen Moore. Why would a defensive minded coach want to start again his second stint? with a, a team that has no defense whatsoever. And Trevor Lawrence hasn't looked the part of a franchise quarterback this year. So I think Moore is a prototypical fit for what the Jaguars are going to look for. Dan, Dan Quinn's going to have interest from a lot of other teams, though. maybe the Broncos included. I wouldn't love it. I still want an offensive-minded guy. But just thinking what he can do, what he can squeeze out of the Broncos, top 10 defense, highest-paid defense in the NFL, uh, that makes me pretty happy to think about. Real quick, guys, before we continue on to the latest from the NFL Rumor Mill, want to give you an update on where things stand on the Facebook contest. Trying to reach 250,000 stars on Facebook in the month of December. When we do, going to assume success still, we're raffling off a Broncos jersey to the winner, a, a jersey of their choice. And, of course, we're at 80% complete. And, guys, today, tomorrow – and Friday, that's it. That's all there is left to, to bridge the gap. And we want to, of course, raffle off that jersey. So we got a little bit of a push to make because there's only three days left in the month. Here's who's going to be at the top. The only people in the running for that uh, raffle are the people who contributed to the goal. And none have done more so this month anyway than Michael Ronquillo at the very top, Miguel at two, Travis Weber at three, Joe Spath at four. Joe is on fire Yesterday on the morning show in particular, appreciate that, Joe. Shane Daniels, the aviator at five. Doug Raquel, Lawrence Rivera, Andrew Baker, Tim Hoffman, and Pete Middleton. And here in just a moment, we'll update the Super Chat contest as well. Travis Tarbox, what's good, buddy? He says, uh, in a dream scenario, if we got Rodgers or Russell Wilson, it would be great to get Jordan Davis. He's an absolute monster nose tackle. Yeah, he is. He is. Don't get me wrong, but he doesn't really... Can he rush the passer? You know, taking a nose tackle that high in the first round to me, Zach, would be a very, very misguided call when you have such needs at edge rusher, you have such needs at, I mean, quarterback, depending on, I mean, your scenario here, obviously, Travis, you're you're talking Rodgers or Wilson in the assumption, but I like the I like the prospect. I'm just not a fan of using first round picks on on 
positions, Zach, that are not cornerstone crucial. We're talking corners, left tackles, edge rushers, quarterbacks. That's kind of where I, my mind stays when it comes to round one. I, you said it best there. This might be a hot take, but I would go any position on the offensive line versus any position on the defensive line in round one. The Broncos could use a right tackle. They can use a guard. They can use a center. And those are more valuable pieces, especially when you want to get a quarterback and trade that capital for someone like Rodgers or Wilson. Why not protect them? You can't put them behind a shoddy offensive line because then it won't matter who's back there. So he might, Jordan Davis might be a great prospect, might be a monster, but you paid per sale, you have a regime, you can bring back Deshaun Williams if you want. Those three players should make one Jordan Davis and use that first round pick at another spot, like preferably right tackle. Guys, here's the top five. We're running a contest, of course, as well for our Super Chat superstars over on YouTube. The top five finishers in the month of December, and that's cumulative. Their names go in a hat. They get the winner gets to choose a Broncos jersey of their choice. The number one at the top, it's been this way for the entire month, is Ethan, aka the DWI guys. The Duchess, Michaela Parker at two, Naj at three, Naj Al Taf, Christopher Gaspari, who Zach talk about uh, one and done. He had one prolific night on Super Chat, and he's still in the top five. And then, of course, the God King, Mark from Georgia. The Queen just outside, Chris Hernandez, legend just outside, Kayaka, legend just outside, Corey H., Malachi Smith, so and Sam Bam, Cody Dub. There's an update for y'all. Appreciate you. Um, Tinks Gaming jumping in. Appreciate that. That's a newer name. I don't recognize that one, Zach, but welcome. Thank you. I would love Kellen Moore or Doug Peterson. As you guys know, I've been quite warm to the idea of Doug Peterson. The more that time goes on, the more I like the idea Kellen Moore, I like it as well. I'd want to know what his plan for defensive coordinator would be before I could fully 100% like jump in hook, line, and sinker. But these are two names that I think would uh, be very exciting for, for the Denver Broncos either way. I don't know how viable it would be to have first-timers, but I know there's a couple up-and-coming defensive minds on the Cowboys coaching staff that Kellen Moore might pluck to, to run that position. But one guy I'm kind of growing um, – I don't know, close to as a candidate is Nathaniel Hackett, the Packers OC. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you why. You know, he's, I think he's 42 years old. So not old, but not too young either. He comes from NFL stock. His, I think he's related to Paul Hackett, who was the former Jets OC. And he caused me a lot of pain in, my, in a past life. But he has the bona fides. And also he has the endorsement from Aaron Rodgers. I have it up on Twitter right now from an article in January when Rodgers endorsed Nathaniel Hackett for the Falcons job that went to Arthur Smith. He has it all of what you're looking for. And the Rodgers quote spoke to me because he talked about the energy that Hackett brings into a room, the offensive room specifically, and he's just so vibrant and magnetic. It's exactly the shot in the arm the Broncos need. So he's really growing on me, and dare I say even more than Kellen Moore right now. Absolutely. And, you know, he's a name that we've been bandying about here at MHH for the entire 2021 season as a potential a replacement for Vic when the time comes. That was only intensified uh, on uh, Monday when Peter King kind of pitched, for lack of a better term, the Denver Broncos on quite a few offseason moves. And it started with, Zach, hey, go hire offensive coordinator in Green Bay, Nathaniel Hackett. And then from there, you've got a big bargaining chip and an allure for Aaron Rodgers. So then you trade, you acquire Aaron Rodgers, but you don't stop there. As part of the deal, you dish. Jerry Judy, he's gone, because what you're going to ultimately do 
is then go pay Devontae Adams, who's set to be an unrestricted free agent. So it would be quite the migration, Zach, if if all that uh, Peter King is pitching here were to come to fruition, you'd have three uh, prominent Packers making their way to the Mile High City. And as you know, we're sitting here spitballing. It's all figurative. It's all in fantasy land. But the more we get closer to Black Monday, the more something like this I could see happening because Nathaniel Hackett wants a head coaching job. And I think he deserves one, you know, at this moment after what he's done with the Hall of Fame quarterback, who might not be the easiest guy to work with in, in the entire world, learning under Matt LaFleur, by the way. So I, I definitely like him as a candidate. And it's a win-win because if you hire him, you can have the option of trading for Rodgers, and that's, you know, well and good. But you can also not trade for Rodgers, use your first-round pick on a quarterback, and have the guy in the building that can develop that quarterback. I don't know about Devontae Adams, though. I'm with Peter King on the first two parts of that, but the third part, signing Adams to my, what might be a record-setting contract, seems a little too idealistic for my taste. I, I don't know the Broncos would need him after paying Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, still have Jerry Judy. I don't know if he'd be part of the Rodgers trade or not, but I don't know that signing you know Adams to be that third uh, option in the triangle is is that realistic. Who do you think is going to win NFL MVP this year? Rodgers. If you look at his numbers, last year he won it, right? 48 tutties, that's through the air. Plus he, he let's see, does it show right now? I have to continue to scroll. He, he as a rusher, he threw in also... Three more touchdowns. So he was over 50 total touchdowns last year with 4,300 passing yards. Go ahead and give this man an MVP. This year, Zach, his completion percentage has dipped ever so slightly by two percentage points. He's at 3,689 yards. So he's still within plausible reach of breaking that uh, that mark from last year. But 33 touchdowns to the 4080 toss last year, only four picks. Dude, this guy just does not give the ball away. Too bad that as ideal as he would be for a Vic Fangio, the guy that protects the ball, Vic wouldn't be around, I would think, Zach, to, uh, you know, partake. And then we'll grab Michaela. And let me, let me just, you know, add, he's doing that with a bad toe. He's doing that through all the CV nonsense and the media nonsense he's dealt with, too, all the distractions off the field and this and that. So he's incredible. He's really won me over as a quarterback. And, you know, I saw a comment from Clayton that says, don't you always say, Zach, don't sell the farm. I'm not advocating for the Broncos to do it. But if there's one quarterback that's worthy of that investment, they're going to pay that much anyway. Why not get back-to-back NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers, maybe hire his offensive coordinator and... And really win some football games. The Duchess solidifying her spot in the top five. We love you. We appreciate you. You know this. Michaela says, I would like Kellen Moore, Brian Dayball, that's the Bills offensive coordinator, and Hackett paired with Ooh. Wade Phillips. Ooh. I wonder what love old it. Wade Phillips, what is Wade Phillips up to? Isn't he out of football yeah. this year? He's podcasting. That's right. Him and Shelby Harris, huh? Yeah. No different than us. But that's the thing, Michaela. Similar to... Not quite as uh, key, but in the same sense that if you hire a defensive coordinator to be your head coach, you really need to nail that offensive coordinator. If you hire a young guy, first-time head coach, offensive-minded guy, if you can balance that with a an experienced veteran defensive coordinator and a guy preferably that has, if you can, some head coaching juice like 
Dan Quinn, like Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer might not survive in Minnesota, by the way. Uh, that would go a long way toward making sure you're balancing the scales. Yeah, I don't know about Mike Zimmer. I don't know about his defense. It's it's way too Ben middle break. They break quite a bit. Uh, you know, you think about someone like Marvin Lewis as DC, you can really go down the retread train. You might want to look, I don't know who's the formal DC under Brandon Staley, but you might want to pluck one of his assistants because they learned under Fangio or Staley did by process of association there. It's so. uh, none other than Ronaldo Hill. Broncos, oh, right. former secondary coach. Well, there you go, then. He can come back to Denver as the D.C. under Nathaniel Hackett or, you know, Greg Roman, Brian Dayball, just as long as the head coach is the is of the offensive mind. I feel like, Chad, feel free to disagree with me, the defense can be a little more on autopilot than the offense can. They don't really have to have necessarily an all-world coach or coordinator running things. They have the talent on defense where it's going to be good, more than likely, no matter what. Offense is the side that needs that expert. Yeah, especially as you say, if you've got the talent on defense and some veteran wherewithal on that side, you know, it's not to say it's an afterthought. It's not to say hiring a defensive coordinator is not a priority, obviously. It's just that you can afford maybe to not be as zealous on, oh, we got to get the right guy. Of course you want the right guy, but uh, Lawrence Rivera, appreciate you, bro. Got to pay for my therapist. Definitely needed after today. Some days are just better than others. What's up, fellas? Well, sounds like you got some uh, some ups and downs you've been weathering, my friend. So uh, thoughts are with you. Hope hope you are weathering those. Keep a stiff upper lip, my dog. Well, we are your football priests, and we can help you in this realm if you want to exercise some of your demons, Lauren. So uh, appreciate you tuning in, and we hope you're doing okay. DeAngelis Jones jumping in with some stars, really helping us try and strive for that goal. Steve Lazuski as well. Appreciate you, men. Very consistent supporters of what we do here at MHH. Uh, Daniel Peterson jumping in. Are the Matt Ryan QB rumors legit? I hope not. Zach, you're none better than you to explain what this is all about. You had the article for us earlier this week at MHH. Yeah, I mean, I, I've caught so much crap for this on Twitter. I don't know why. You know, don't shoot the messenger. I'm not the one that posited this. Uh, that would be, I believe it was Bill Barnwell from ESPN. He had a scenario in which Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson stayed put with their respective teams, how the quarterback dominoes can fall in 2020. And I, I'm pretty sure it was Barnwell. He has the Broncos trading a 2023, not 22, first-round draft pick to the Atlanta Falcons for, as you can see, five-time Pro Bowl passer Matt Ryan after June 1st so the Falcons can divvy up the dead money and salary cap hits. It would be a rental. I wouldn't like it. Some people said to me that he's Teddy 2.0. I don't agree with that. I think he's a lot better than Teddy Bridgewater, even at his age, but still not good enough for what the Broncos should be aiming for. In what world, though? Like, Barnwell's a legendary football writer, all right? Props to Bill Barnwell. In what world do you give up a first-round pick for Matt Ryan? Seriously, even one uh, – Scott, nod your head if I'm if I'm tripping or just go like this if I'm right on the money. A first-round pick for Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, how old is this cat now? He's, he's, he's getting up there. Uh, it's a future first-rounder, though, so you can argue it's like a 2022 second if you can look at it that way. I don't like it. I don't like – and I'm not – I don't hate the prospect of, of – Matt Ryan, to be honest with you, but only if you were, say, running it back with Vic Fangio. And you know what, guys? You should not. Again, I'm going to be surprised 
Zach, if Vic Fangio is not ultimately relieved of duties at the end of this season. But what really slowed my roll on that was seeing Mike Kliss go to bat with an article this week, reasons for Broncos to keep Vic Fangio. And I'm thinking, ooh, you know, you put on the tinfoil hat, no offense to, to Mike, no offense to Nine News, but he's the guy that the team feeds, all right? When they want to get information out there, when they want to manipulate public sentiment, when they want to get ahead of the curve on any particular PR topic, that's who they go to for local. If they're trying to break something national, they're going to call Adam Schefter. They're going to call Ian Rappaport. Local, if the fans, in other words, it's all about Mike Kliss. So that could that could have just simply been Mike Kliss spitballing. But I worry. There's a part of me that's going to wonder, was this a preemptive kind of let's test the waters to see what the sentiment is? And if not test the waters to see the sentiment, then let's start kind of preparing the fan base for disappointment. Well, Kliss also, I think he also had a list of reasons why they don't keep Vic Fangio around as well. And I was compiling that list in my mind, and the pro to keeping Fangio is a defense that pretty much performs to expectations being the highest paid defense in the NFL. The reasons not to keep him, though, no passion, incompetent, bad clock management, no personality, doesn't jive with the players, doesn't watch the offense. I mean, what else is Kliss going to write right now, Chad? He has to keep a, a positive spin on the organization, but I don't think he can get a read on George Payton. I think George is a lot more buttoned up than John Elway was as general manager, and even if he did, Kliss, it would take more than just one season. So I don't think him opining is, is that much uh, to worry about. I hope you're right. That's all I'm going to say. Me Melvin too. Paulson jumping in. What about Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy? Is he forgotten about this year? Two things. Here's why you need to remove Eric Bieniemy from consideration in your heart of hearts. Patrick right? Mahomes and Andy Reid. That's reason number three. Okay. Reason number one is his um, rumored misdeeds during his time at CU Boulder. All right. Back as a player. Remember, he was a prolific running back. For, for the buffs. The other thing is he doesn't interview well. This is well known now. The reason he doesn't have a job yet is because no one has owners and GMs across the league when they have talked to this cat, he's rubbed them wrong. So the first one completely negates two and negates three. But you, again, as Zach brought up too, the third thing here is you're not hiring Andy Reid here, right? You're hiring Eric Bieniemy. Andy Reid calls a plays in KC 90 plus percent you know, Eric Bieniemy, I know has at times for Andy Reid. I don't know what under circumstances Reid decides or says, hey, Eric, call these plays. But buyer beware on that. I'm telling you right now, whether it's Broncos and for, forget the fact that he might have skeletons in the closet. Buyer beware on a non-play calling offensive coordinator under a prolific quarterback head coach combo. Mm -mm, not me. Yeah, you know, it'd be one thing to do what he's doing in Kansas City if he didn't have either Reed there or Mahomes there. But when you have unicorns at coach and at quarterback, you're going to look better because of it. The one thing I do like about Biennemi, every time I've watched like a mic'd up video or the, the, uh, the Chiefs sideline, he's cursing, he's yelling, he's coaching yeah. them up, he's getting in their face. I like that. So it, maybe it shows me how desperate I am for energy on the sideline, but I do like that trait about him. I don't know how much he'd want to leave Kansas City. Maybe the allure of coaching uh, a Chiefs rival twice a year could be appealing, but there's a reason why he hasn't gotten a job yet. 
you know, as a former player, he's, you know, he's a hot, hothead in a good way. You know, like you say, brings that energy on the sideline. And that's definitely something that I think this team is need, missing from its field general. Uh, Swedish Bronco. Here we have another great member of our community from across the pond up in Scandinavia, proving the Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. Swedish Bronco says, and thank you for that super chat, my friend. I'm tired of staying up late here in Sweden and seeing lackluster performances. New head coach for starters and new quarterback, and the list goes on. Amen, Swedish Bronco. By the way, props. Sweden has produced some of the greatest punk rock bands of all time. You're very lucky. Do you realize you live in a in a in a uh, nation in a country that has some of the best heavy bands ever? I'm talking metal, punk rock, hardcore. I hope you partake in that and appreciate that, Swedish Bronco. I think our minds kind of went to the same place, but differently. I was going to say, I would rather build anything from Ikea than watch a Fangio presser or watch him <laughs> on the sideline. That's the truth. All right. Let's see here. Uh, let's see what's going on. Clayton, shout out to Clayton, who's a newer sub. Good to see you, buddy. Go ahead and throw that up, Scott. Joe Spath in the hizzy. Good to see you, bro. Appreciate all your support. He says, "If uh, hey, guys, love the show. If the Broncos don't draft a rookie, and Locke doesn't demand a trade, I think he should be on the roster next year. You can't beat the price for a QB1 or QB2, two and a half million, go Broncos. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how 2022 unfolds for Drew Locke. A big part of that, I think, Zach, is going to be contingent on how he finishes this season. Yeah. It was a loss in Vegas, but it's – and by the way, Joe, big stars. Thank you, bro. Uh, it was a loss in Vegas, but Drew Locke, Played ask good. whoever you want to ask. PFF, highest graded Bronco on offense that day. Our own Zach Hicks produced an article to uh, Film Room just an hour before we went live that was quite complimentary of Drew's performance, and he doesn't have a dog in the fight, all right? He doesn't have skin in the game. He's straight up a film guy, not a Bronco fan, all right? Drew Locke played solid. In Vegas, I'm not going to go overboard saying like he was all world, but if he can, even if the Broncos lose these two remaining games, Zach, but Drew Locke plays well, that could perhaps alter how the offseason unfolds. But at the end of the day, it's going to be contingent on whatever new head coach comes in. How do they feel about Drew? If that guy actually likes Drew or thinks he can, you know, in my scheme, in my system, under my wing, it would be different. That's the only way I could see Drew Locke having a future here starting in 2022. Otherwise, yeah, he's probably going to explore through his agent. Hey, trade me away if you don't fa- if I don't factor in to the uh, solution at quarterback 2022 and beyond, etc. I think you laid it out pretty nicely there. Whatever happens to Locke next year is contingent on however many reps he gets the remaining games this season. If he plays well, he might rehab his value enough where he can demand a trade and and try to find greener pastures out there. If he doesn't play well, there might not be any greener pastures out there. He might be behooved to stay with the Broncos for one more year. The only way I see that not happening, though, is if the Broncos go the rookie quarterback route. Because why would you want to have two young guys? You'd want to have a veteran and a rookie and kind of mesh them together. But if they go for a Matt Ryan, I don't think it's going to happen, or a Rodgers, Wilson, another veteran quarterback, a a plug-and-play kind of guy, why not keep 
lock around as a developmental project for whoever's coaching them. Like the comment said, two and a half million bucks. He's been in the NFL. He has starting experience. You can do a lot worse as your number two than Drew Locke. Sorry to say. Well, and for those of you who say, hey, his goose is already cooked. The book is out on Drew. Dream on. Let me remind you of the career arc of one Matt Flynn. All right. 2011 season finale. They're resting Aaron Rodgers. He plays for the Packers and throws six tutties, goes out there and is the bee's knees on the free agent market. Teams clamoring to throw money at this cat. Seahawks win the bid, pay him a ton of money. I almost cursed. Comes to Seattle and can't beat out a rookie third round pick, Russell Wilson, who wins the job out of camp. The rest is history. So don't sleep on how important even one individual performance can be, especially at quarterback guys. Travis Tarbox, I don't pretend to have all the answers, Priest, but definitely ready for our Broncos to get back to winning Denver Broncos for life. Appreciate what you guys do. Most kind, my dog. Thank you. Appreciate you, Travis, as always. Uh, Shane Mapes wants to know, hey, do you guys see us getting a veteran? He wants Russell Wilson. I think they're going to try. Will they succeed? The problem with this, Zach, is it's not a matter of – the Broncos aren't in total control of – whether or not they can land uh, one of these veterans because it takes it's going to take at least three to tango. The Broncos have to want it. The team trading the quarterback has to be willing, and the quarterback himself, if we're talking Wilson or Rodgers, has to be willing to come to Denver. Now, we've heard multiple reports that both quarterbacks like Denver as a possibility, but you don't know if Seattle's going to play ball. You don't know if Green Bay, who promised Rodgers reportedly, hey, We'll review your situation after 2021 if you come to camp and let's get this show going. What exactly that means, time will tell. Uh, Zach, Michaela says, and thank you, Michaela, love you. Wish me luck in the fantasy football championship. Who's she going against? I honestly, I checked out after I was eliminated. I, <laughs> I'm that petty and sore of a loser, but I do wish you luck, Michaela. Whoever wins is going to get a nice little uh, prize for winning the league this year. So uh, best of luck, Michaela. Let us know who you're playing. Yeah, and, uh, I was just going to say, let us know who's uh, – who's in the title game, Jermaine with some stars. Thank you, bro. Josh McDaniels. Nope. You know, it's funny. I've heard nope. that more than once and no nope. offense to you, Jermaine with a straight face. I'm hearing people suggest that nope. he likes Matt Ryan. Hey, again, if you're running it back with Vic, it would make sense what? to consider Matt Ryan maybe, but no, thanks. Josh McDaniels his of all the coaches under the sun, whose name is mud. In Mile High, of course, it's Josh McDaniels. Just the PR crap storm. Denver could never survive it. And frankly, Josh McDaniels, he ain't coming here. He's not coming back here, dude. He was humiliated, fired in season by Pat Boland. He's not coming back, my my, my friend. He's staying in New England and taking over for Belichick when he retires. I mean, yep. he has a, a, a shoe-in future grandfather job. I don't think Jermaine likes Matt Ryan with six trash can emojis. Oh, so. is that a trash can? I just got new glasses, too. Thank you. I agree, Jermaine. I wouldn't say six. I'd say a few, but not six. This is why I need my syntax translators. I need my C-3PO's uh, helping me out here. Travis, he says, message to the community. Appreciate this community. We got one also from Ronnie Chavez, who we got to hang with at the MHH meet and greet, and he made some really, really cool placards that we have. Uh, I've held on to one or two. Zach has one or two, and we've given them out strategically to uh, special people in the community. You demand, Ronnie. Who would you guys recommend 
at quarterback of any veteran that would be available. So if you could, you know, of plausible guys who we know either will be available, whether free agency or are rumored to be heading for the trading block, if you could will it into existence, Zach, who would it be? A.A. Ron. Yep. I think, you know, to your last point that you were talking about the what they're going to do with Wilson, I, I feel like of the two, he's using more – uh, he, he's using the Broncos more as a negotiating ploy in, into where he wants to go and to strong arm Seattle into getting rid of him. He belongs in a bigger city like a Chicago or like a New York where he can use his marketing prowess and handle business off the field. I don't think Denver suits him that well. I see Aaron, though, as more of a Denver guy. Uh, we've mentioned that his girlfriend, fiance, whatever, uh, lives in Boulder, I believe it is, or is from Boulder. So he has some ties here. It just seems like it's the environment that would suit him well. Maybe not the politics, but... Um, he also is contingent on if he wants to play. I, he had an interview, I think it was yesterday with Pat McAfee, where he was talking about leaving open the possibility of retiring and going out on top and not you know, tarnishing his name and his legacy by hanging around too long. So if the Packers reach or win the Super Bowl and he gets another MVP back-to-back, there is a possibility he walks away and, and takes it out of the Broncos' hands. Here's the thing too with uh, Aaron Rodgers. I don't believe when he says I'm 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 not ruling out retiring. I would say the same thing. Because if I wanted out of Green Bay, I'd say the same thing. Like True. I'm trying to create as much leverage as possible because unless they the Packers signed on the line that is dotted about this whole reviewing your uh, situation at season's end thing, I'm not trusting anything you can't it is a business after all michael ronquillo what's up bro good evening chad and zach on the mile high huddle go broncos yes sir speaking of that drew Locke's gonna start again for show now even though vic fangio said you know yeah it's looking like he wouldn't guarantee it's gonna be drew wouldn't guarantee that teddy's not gonna make it out of protocol in time to play ian rapaport per sources says it's going to be drew and of course it was drew today at the podium the virtual podium that is so zach how are you feeling about drew lock who is let's see two and one all time against the la chargers i'm i'm feeling like you know if any team he's had success and a track record positively against it's uh the chargers so i feel pretty good about that but i can't get over this comment from burt brass 20 dollars super thank you thanks bro. guys i was able to obtain a written transcript of Shermer's communication to Locke's helmet turns out for 40 plays straight pat took pulls from his flask and told drew to go after <laughs> himself do you know what the sad part is it actually sounds realistic, like something that would happen, considering the on-field results. That's Guys, hilarious, though. That that reminds me. I gotta I gotta find this uh, <laughs> snippet from, as you heard me mention the uh, Zach Hicks breakdown. All right, the the film review. You guys go check that out after tonight's podcast. The, the genius Pat Shermer, by the way, Chad. We got tagged in it on Twitter. For one play, this is no joke. Go on our Twitter right now to see it. He had Cortland Sutton lining up as a blocker on the line. No joke. Pat Shermer. Yes, indeed. Let me let me show you guys this real quick. I'm going to go ahead and quote verbatim Zach Hicks. The real issue. I'm using this play, and I can't show you guys the play because of copyright, but to describe my thoughts, but the game plan, talking about the Raiders game, just didn't set the offense up for success. Pat Shermer called this game like he was a coach, scared of his quarterback. Locke was playing well, but so many of the third and fourth down decisions were cowardly play calls. Again, you got to remember, Hicks has no dog in this fight. 
he doesn't care if the Broncos win or lose. He's just an NFL uh, media guy, all right, that works for Mile High Huddle. Any third down that was longer than eight yards was an underneath or screen call. The team also elected for a 50-plus yard field goal on fourth and three in the fourth quarter rather than trusting the offense to get those short yards. The game plan should have opened up once the Raiders stopped the Broncos' run game, but it just didn't. This is a poor, and then he goes on to kind of catalog uh, the this particular route, but he goes on to say, Locke had a fine game, but the game plan didn't allow for the offense to find success in this one. So, look, Pat Shermer, no matter what, I think, Zach, even if Vic Fangio uh, disappoints, or I should say, if George Payton disappoints Broncos country and brings Vic Fangio back, if he does, it's probably, Zach, because of the uncertainty with ownership and all that stuff. But if he does, it's I would be – I almost guarantee it would be contingent on find a new play caller, dude. You know what the operative word there was and all of what Zach wrote, which I agree with? It wasn't quarterback or scheme or system. It was scared. I mean, mm-hmm. if you think about that, when your coaching staff is scared of the quarterback on the field, they're scared of success. How cringeworthy does that sound? How pathetic really is that? But that's who Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer are. So if there's still any of your of their supporters listening to us, please come forward and state why when you see something like that so laid out unbiasedly, like you mentioned. He has no dog in this fight. He's not a lock guy or an anti-Vic Fangio guy, anti-Pat Shermer. He is calling it like it is from what his eyes tell him and what his brain tells him. And it's so plainly obvious. It's pathetic. Dennis Woods in the house in Michigan. What's going on, Dennis? Appreciate you. He says, I don't want to lose Jerry Judy, if for no other reason than cost. I'd rather bet on Judy with a quarterback like A-Rod and a legit OC who knows how to use him. So would I, for what it's worth. You know, Rodgers has a mind meld going, obviously, with Devontae Adams, and they have a long-storied history together, a prolific high level. But I can only imagine what a significantly younger more motivated, hungry Jerry Judy could do. Catching balls from Aaron Rodgers. And he's an original round, first round guy for the Broncos. Like, if it took that to pry him off their hands, okay, go ahead and include Jerry Judy as part of that trade. But if you can get the deal done without giving up Jerry Judy, I'd be all for holding on to him and saving the money because you just spent coin on Cortland. You just spent coin on Timmy P. Noah Fant. Albert Okawebunam, these two guys are chomping at the bit, just dying, Zach, dying for a competent quarterback who understands how to, you know, be a point guard in the best sense of an offense. I mean, we have the quote, pull up what Locke said about Jerry Judy, called him the best route runner he's ever seen. I mean, when you have a test- testimony like that, when you have players going to bat for Jerry Judy, and you see just a small sample size of what he can do in the first half, of last week's game. He was more productive than his last two games combined. Quarterback aside, you get the ball in his hands, good things can happen. He is a first-round draft pick for a reason, but he's a game-busting play waiting to happen on any down. That's why I'm saying Devontae Adams, that the triumvirate with uh, Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett, they don't necessarily need Devontae Adams. Rodgers is one thing, Hackett's one thing, but when you have Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Tim Patrick already under contract, already on the roster, that to me is is simply fine. On getting Jerry Judy more involved in the offense this week, Drew Locke said, quote, 
it would mean a lot to the whole offense. You've got a playmaker like that. When you get him the ball in space and let him do what he does best, he's the best route runner I've ever seen. He's one of the best route runners in the league. I think we should take advantage of it, and I know he wants us to do that. He's a guy that if he could get the ball in his hands every play, he'd love that. He'd love that for his team. He'd love that for this team. He'd love that for us being able to move the ball down this field, whatever it may be. If it were a big week for Jerry, it wouldn't surprise any of us on this team talking about the Chargers game. We know he's ready whenever his number gets called. If his number gets called a little bit more this week, then he'll be ready for it too. Drew Locke has never said word one bad about any of his teammates, and Jerry Judy in particular, any chance he gets, gush, gush. He just praises him. He might as well have ended that quote by saying, you hear that, Pat? You hear that, Vic? I mean, (laughs) that's a pretty direct message. That's an article, Chad, I'm going to work on because that's – Locke saying what should be said that his own coordinator or head coach can't say. Dave from Georgia, legendary super chat superstar. What's up, Dave? Uh, He says, this team is way too talented to be seven and eight. The coaching on this team is effing horrible. Love you, Priest. Yes, sir, it is. And that's the thing is, you know, Vic Fangio, you were given everything you wanted. You got Teddy Bridgewater. Your competent quarterback, veteran that's got some experience, that's not going to turn the ball over and put your defense in bad situations. You got your first round corner. You know, did you have perfect luck when it comes to the injury bug? No. But Zach, the Broncos weathered the main brunt of the injury bug about as well as you could expect. And by that, I simply mean the guys that went down early in this season, the dudes that ended up taking their place really stepped up to the occasion. The only exception you can make perhaps, was when A.J. went down following Josie Jewell. There was that one or two game gap when they were rolling with Justin Sternod where it was a crap show, and then they acquired Kenny Young, and at that same time is when Baron Browning finally got healthy, and then the rest is history. And even, uh, what's his name, Uh, Jonas Griffith, man, since Kenny Young's been in concussion protocol, looks like another uncovered gem by George Payton. So, You can talk about, oh, he's been unlucky, Vic Fangio, this year with the injury bug. And on one hand, it's true, all right? But he's also been very, very lucky to have a GM like George Payton that stocked those shelves with guys who, for the most part, I mean, again, pick the injury. It's been plug and play. Every team goes through that. Every team is injured. Every team is impacted by CV in one way or the other. I mean, the Saints had fifth-string offensive linemen play in their last game. It's it's part of the NFL nowadays, and you have to suck it up and overcome it. You mentioned Patrick Sertan. How about signing Ronald Darby? How about bringing in Kyle Fuller? How about bringing back Kareem Jackson? How about bringing back temporarily Von Miller? George Payton did everything to cater to Vic Fangio and tilt the field in his favor, and Fangio hasn't made the most of that, Chad. Seven and eight is disgraceful considering the talent on the roster and aside from the injuries and the quarterback play. Plus, you got to remember, guys, those first three games of the season were softballs down the middle. I mean, this team should be nine wins heading into these final two at minimum. Lawrence, how upset would fans be if Peyton doesn't make a splash this offseason? Will we be able to stop being last in the division with this team given more time? Or just beating a dead horse, beating a dead horse. If you're talking keeping Vic around, um, you know, again, guys, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior or best predictor of future production is past production. And Vic has 
has unfortunately, despite three years, he's been he got that third year inexplicably. He just hasn't been able to meet expectations. So you got to call that particular spade a spade and go ahead and move on. I don't know how he can't make a splash. Even if he doesn't sign every free agent, make every trade, make the biggest head coaching hire, the only way he doesn't make a splash is if he brings back everyone for another season. And I don't think that's too realistic. Lawrence, if you believe that, then that's your prerogative. But if he hires a new coaching staff, that is making a splash by default. If he gets a new starting quarterback, that is making a splash. And I think George Payton knows his window with this roster is closing increasingly fast. That's how the NFL goes, and you need better coaching and better quarterback play to make the most of it. All right, we're hearing from the Duchess. She's going against Dylan in the in the title game. All right, two legends going toe-to-toe. Going to be interesting to see who uh, emerges on top in that one. Lando, appreciate the stars, my friend. Uh, thank you very much. I've got one here from... I'm just um, I'm just glad it wasn't Chase Wellner. Let me just say, Chase, I know you're listening because you beat me by 0.4 points in one game earlier this season, and I haven't forgot about it. So whoever wins, uh, I'll be happy for it. By the uh, skin of his teeth, Travis says, I'll make it next year, fellas. I think talking about the meet and greet, that'd be cool, man. Um, Mark Lindemood says, Locke's trade value is almost nothing. And you know what? Right this moment, it's absolutely pretty close to true i wouldn't say nothing um you can get something for him. there's some quarterbacks coach slash coordinator yeah. slash head coach out there who had a decent grade on drew or even if he didn't have a great grade on drew coming out of uh, missouri has seen something in him again people make drew lock out to be like paxton lynch who literally cried on a sideline when the chips were down drew lock has had moments of triumph drew lock has had eye-popping days of production and i mean so there are coaches around the league my point here mark is there are coaches around the league who have seen that who would think you know what here throw a sixth conditional six at denver and let's see but my point earlier about the whole matt flynn thing is that trade value zach it's gonna be oh dylan hunt my bad thank you uh michaela um that trade value is going to be contingent on how do you finish the season? If you end up having a nice solid finish, it could seriously improve that value. If you go out uh, in a blaze of glory, like Matt Flynn did, then sky's the limit. I think he can draw a conditional seventh, a conditional sixth rounder, because like you said, there's some coach out there willing to take a gamble that they can be the one that can salvage and uh, turn lock into the reclamation project. It happens every year with every quarterback. That's why Josh Rosen got shot after shot after shot. But let me tell you something. You put Drew Locke in Sean Payton's system, he will look like a quarterback reborn. How do I know that? Not just watching the Saints for so many years. Trevor Simeon is playing in that system. He's looked better than he did with the Broncos, despite having, I think, lesser of a supporting cast. It's all in the coaching. I think he would get a fairer opportunity and a better opportunity with a different coaching staff. MHH supporter and friend to Zach and I, Albert Knoppers. If Andrew Luck would come out of retirement, would you take him? Heck yeah, dude. And twice on Sunday. Thrice on Sunday. Heck yeah, bro. you got to believe that. But, you know. I don't know. He's not. He, he, he's he been away from the game for – I mean, a great guy when he was playing, Chad, but he's always seems like one – even if he came back, one hit away from walking away again. Yeah, you'd have to worry about that for sure. Taking on his contract, and I think the Colts still own his rights, so you'd have to trade for him. That's, that's a big gamble to take. 
Geiger Gaming, Pete in the house. Good to see you, bro, down in Australia. He says, G'day, priests, and Merry Christmas. Just caught up on a few MHH pods. Chad, love the Pennywise hoodie from a few episodes ago. Broncos 2021, same old story. Yeah. Uh, turns out they were cut from the same mold, right? Time to clean house and hope for the best next season. Amen, bro. Hey, shout out. Pennywise fan from down under. Pennywise big down there, dude. Uh, in their day, anyway. I don't know how how about now or nowadays, but yeah. P-Dub has uh, a good fan base down under. But uh, time to clean house, he says, Zach, and hope for the best. Yeah, I can echo that for sure. Tom El Greco up in Canada. What's up, buddy? Hasn't worn Locke hasn't worn team colors now in five pressers. Any coincidence? Maybe subconsciously, you know, like I don't think he's doing it intentionally. You've heard me say before that I don't believe in coincidences. And this is true. I don't. Um, but I also, it, it, I heard someone say this, Zach. It's kind of an interesting uh, thought experiment. There are no coincidences and there are no conspiracies. Wrap your brain around that. Maybe, as Zach said, it is just a subconscious uh, thing. But uh, it is conspicuous. If it has been five pressers, I didn't pick up on that myself. He just doesn't strike me as the type that would want to publicly make a a big ruckus and rock the boat. I mean, everything to this point seems like he's a football guy and a team first player. So I don't know. It's interesting, though. Uh, Terry, another great member of our community from north of the 49th parallel. Fangio and his meatballs. Shermer. Practicing incomplete <laughs> passes. What does Ed Donatello yes. really do? Hashtag yes. Uh, true. Yes, yes, that's a good question. He stands there. I think he just kind of is the conduit between the play calling Vic Fangio, talking game days, and the different units. Because as you've heard Zach lament many, many times, in between series, you don't see Vic Fangio going to this to the linebackers. You don't see him running down and talking to D-line. You'll see him as players come off the field. Occasionally, you'll see him pull Simmons aside. You'll see him pull K-Jack aside. Outside of that, so I think that's what Ed Donatel does. And Ed Donatel is also very well known as a great teacher of the game. So he's relied upon to instill Fangio's X's and O's and the different techniques and all that stuff uh, into the player. So he's, he's definitely a crucial guy for Fangio, but in terms of the grand scheme, you know, he could be the secondary coach and be doing that just as easily to be frank with you. Yeah. I was going to say, unless you're McManus missing a field goal, Fangio doesn't talk to you on the sideline. And that's what his title was Donatel before he was DC was secondary coach. So I'm, I'm sure he is assisting Christian Parker in that responsibility, but I always thought the same thing. It's like, why even have him on staff if he's going to just collect a paycheck and be the de facto guy? They don't have an up-and-comer like they had with Brandon Staley. I'd rather the Chargers took Ed Donatown and left Staley, but say la vie. All right. Uh, I'm going to grab Donald Netanyahu and then Robbie Nunns, and then we got to start winding her down. In base case, we got one here too. Uh, Donald says, I would imagine Teddy's camp doesn't want him on the field again this year he would be taking a huge risk in what could be his last contract. Absolutely true, Zach. There's literally not one reason for for uh, Teddy Bridgewater to take the field again. Not one. It could only – it's all downside risk, no upside game. 
The only reason is Fangio is literally dragging him out of the field so he doesn't have to play lock anymore. But um, I don't think Teddy's getting his $25 million per year. I think the film has been out on him this season, and he is what he is. He doesn't strike me as a guy that loves football, that would sacrifice his long-term health and his life for the game. So I think he's shut down for the rest of the year. And like we talked about, when they picked up that quarterback right after the injury, that was a signal to me that Teddy was likely done for the remainder. Nunzi, good to see you, buddy. Thank you for the stars. Brian Callahan, I urge people to do some homework on this guy. I don't want to hear that he doesn't call plays, etc. He's way more impressive candidate if you do the research. He's in my top three. Love you guys. If Fangio is back next year, I may vomit. God bless. Yeah, the uh, the son, Zach, of uh, Bill Bruce. Wow. The Bruce Callahan? Yeah, Bruce, former uh, head coach of the Raiders, long time. Uh, he's probably him, Munchak, and the dude that recently retired from uh, Patriots. Well, most well-respected O-line coaches, but he is currently uh, Bengals' offensive coordinator under wow. Zach Taylor. I thought Taylor called the plays. I, I thought he was he the does. quarterback's coach. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's certainly a guy. I mean, anyone where the Broncos can get – younger and just more creative, fresh blood. That's what I think they need. So whether it's Callahan, Nathaniel Hackett, more, I'm cool with it. Uh, Base Gase, what's up, bro? Another legendary Super Chat superstar saying, my only worry for Locke against the Chargers would be Brandon Staley. He knows him well. How well? Staley was only around Drew Locke. Let's be honest, Base Gase. For five games to finish 2019. Drew Locke wasn't in meetings he wasn't around for the majority of that 19 season because the Broncos kept him on ice. You know, he suffered that thumb as a rookie in the third preseason game. And they go, you know, we're going to put him on injured reserve because they had all these new injured reserve rules. We're going to go ahead and exploit that. We got mile high Joe Flacco. You know, we're going to be fine. We heard from uh, Drew after, let's see, we heard from Drew later in the season that his thumb was back to normal's about week four of the season. So from week five on, the Broncos um, could have activated him. But then I want to say, Zach, the rule still was if you started on IR, you had to go eight games. So week nine, which was a Browns game, he could have played, but they chose not to. They kept him on ice another week 10, week 11, week 12. Week 13 is when he finally came literally off IR and into the starting lineup against the Chargers. So maybe he does know him better than the average opposing head coach based case, but I don't think that's that much this particular case. It was also a different scheme. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that's going to work too much against Drew. It's Drew is, is always going to be his own worst enemy. If he can conquer his own demons, I think the Broncos will do well on offense. And keep in mind, I think because of CV, uh, LA is not going to have two secondary members, including Chris Harris Jr., who's on the CV list right now. And I think safety Nazir Adderley is out as well. Derwin James is always a threat. And they still have a pretty good defense. Really bad run defense, though. So if Pat Shermer was smart, which I'm giving him too much credit already, he would run the ball and use play action off that. But we'll see what happens. Man, Derwin James always has a big game against the Broncos. I'd like to see one game where that doesn't happen. Swag Nash. Fire Shermer, keep Fangio as DC. Keep Locke because he's cheap and fix the O-line and go after Kirk Cousins. He can get the job done. Uh, go. Broncos. BRS. 
I don't know what that means. That I almost want to say Broncos, but that, that's not how you would shorten it with consonants. I don't know what you're saying on that, but guys, Brothers. Fangio is not staying around as a defensive coordinator. If I'm the head coach coming in, no way in hell am I keeping my predecessor who's going to have people loyal to him in that locker room on my staff. No way. I need a clean slate. I need to not have to worry about looking over my shoulder. I need to have to not worry about being undermined or anything like that. It just doesn't happen in the league, guys. Maybe back in the day, way back, but not in the last 30, 40 years of the NFL. I don't know why Broncos country still thinks this is a possibility. It's either you keep him as head coach or he's gone. Uh, and show me one example where it's happened in modern NFL times of a quarterback taking a demotion and working under, uh, like you said, Chad, his successor. It just doesn't happen. And I, I hate that, too. Keeping Fangio around and having Kirk Cousins at quarterback, I mean, I couldn't think of a more of a worst-case scenario for Denver than that. No offense, but not the way I would go. Uh, Jermaine, I want to know what you mean by this. He says, anybody catch Drew's press conference? He sounds like Vic. Shake my head. I really, I'm curious. Elaborate on that, bro. Uh, Peter, Nathaniel Hackett, thoughts, the offensive coordinator of the Green Bay. Zach and I are both very amenable to him as a candidate, especially because it, I think it would help grease the wheels for Rodgers to land here. But even if Rodgers was not part of the conversation, yeah. he'd be one of those offensive-minded guys that you got to try and get in here for an interview if you're George Payton. I think right now he's leading my list over Kellen Moore slightly. And again, go on my Twitter if you want to see the quote uh, from Rogers on Nathaniel Hackett. The endorsement he got is truly ringing and uh, kind of won me over. Uh, Sam Howell, Broken Pirates. What are your thoughts on someone like Sam Howell? Zach, do you have an opinion on this quarterback? Yeah. I, don't, I don't see him as being that high upside. I don't think he's uh, going to be a 10-year starter in the NFL. I might be wrong, but not the guy I would go with in the first round. For sure. Appreciate you, Mike Reno. Uh, Colby, a little less angry about the Raiders' loss, but do we somehow win the next two games and ruin everything? No. There's a chance you'll win in, in L.A., but you're not going to beat the Chiefs unless they're resting Mahomes. But, guys, you got to remember, nestled into this, was it now 12-game losing streak to the Chiefs, is the game in which the Broncos lost to the Matt Moore's-led Chiefs. Now, Mahomes, I want to say, went down early in the second quarter, but it might have been for, uh, bottom of the first quarter. Prime opportunity. Couldn't capitalize. Could not capitalize. Uh, so, in other words, even if they rest their, their studs in Week 17, Vic Fangio has proven uh, not up to the task when it comes to Andy Reid. Uh, appreciate you, Mike. You the man. I think, though, that's got to do it for tonight, everybody. Appreciate you. Uh, being with us here, we might have one or two more. Um, Jermaine says he's pretty vanilla talking about Locke in the presser, not himself. Whoa. Drew has more swag. Drews have had more swag in the past. Um, I didn't watch his presser today. I read the transcript. So uh, tonality-wise, I'm I, I I'll have to go back and check it out and see, and then uh, ask me again tomorrow. Doesn't surprise me. I mean, Teddy sounds like Drew, and they're trying. I mean, Teddy sounds like Fangio, and they're trying to turn Drew into Teddy. So uh, he's going to talk like him. He's going to play like him. He's going to follow his marching orders, Vic Fangio's. And what a bad position for Drew Locke to be in. So it was bad when he was being himself and dancing on the sideline and rapping and showing too much personality. Now it's bad when he's muted and toned down and being more like Fangio. The guy is cursed in Denver. He can't win. Ashish, thank you for the stars. 
And as Dylan says, make sure you hit that like button on your way out the door. Uh, Jermaine, Kevin O'Connell, the Rams OC. Yeah, he's another hot name that is going to get some looks this year. Uh, definitely someone, if I'm George Payton, I'm getting as many of those names in the door for an interview as I can. I want to cover the bases. <clears throat> Pardon me. I want to pick some brains. I want to make sure I get the right guy. And that ain't the right guy, Debo Sweeney. That, that's that's a college guy. And Urban Meyer should have been a giant red flag for NFL teams. Don't go to the college well. It doesn't translate too often. There are way more Urban Meyers and Nick Sabins than there are and Chip successes. Kelly's. Yes. All right, bro. Sign us off. That was the Huddle Up podcast, guys. We have a question uh, about Mike Zimmer as DC. I don't know. I, Chad, again, I wouldn't. I'm not crazy about that idea. But what about Dude, you? Dude, I'm a big. Uh, believe it or not. I'm a big Mike Zimmer fan. I think he uh, kind of fizzled, obviously, in Minnesota. Couldn't, th- just didn't nail the quarterback and too much turnover at OC. Uh, but I've always been a fan of Mike Zimmer, more so the man than really like his uh, defenses. But he had some wicked defenses for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, um, Dallas Cowboys back in the day. I, I think you give him the personnel that's here in Denver, I think he could make some hay. I would definitely not hate, especially if you went after and landed a Kellen Moore or a Nathaniel Hackett or a, a O'Connell, first-time younger head coaches that are on the offensive side. It would be a huge asset to get a former head coach, lifelong D.C. guy like Zimmer to come in and coach the, the defense, my opinion. I could see it. As long as they have the head coach hired correctly, as long as they have, like you said, a Kellen Moore, Hackett, Doug Peterson even – the, the defensive coordinator is secondary to me a little bit, but that was the Huddle Up podcast, guys. Be sure, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, transactions, film breakdowns, and more at Mile High Huddle. Follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. And if you haven't, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get your swag on. Get yourself a football Prius hat, shirt, beanie, coffee cup right there. Your pop up store at HuddleUpPod.com. Also, Facebook.com slash Huddle. Hit that big blue button. We have three exclusive shows, Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone, each and every week, five bucks a month, worth every penny. You have my promise on that. And also, Facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page and follow that page. And if you haven't, guys, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win, hat, shirt, etc., each and every month. But if you can't do those things, do these three things. It takes a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHA channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Indeed. Shout out to these great supporters on uh, Facebook. Here's how it finished. Joe Spath at the top, really trying to help us close and reach goal. Michael Ronquillo at two. Jermaine Daughtry, Pete Middleton, Travis Tarbox, Colby Collier, Melvin Paulson, Lawrence Rivera, Ashish, Lando, call me, Calrissian Lee, DeAngelis Jones, Robbie Nunns, Daniel Peterson, and Steve Lazuski. Shout out to all of you. Shout out to all of our Super Chat superstars. I can't flash it, but I'm going to go ahead and name it for- uh, right here, I'm going to say uh, Muhammad, Tinks, Michaela, Swedish Bronco, Burnt Brass, Dennis Woods, Dave from Georgia, uh, Geiger Gaming again, uh, Pete, Tom El Greco, Terry, Base Gay, Swag Nash. Love each and every one of you. We'll be back tomorrow for what will be the final Huddle Up podcast of 2021. Can't wait. Take care, guys. And as always, go Broncos. 
You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.